for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Please, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. This scripture right here, I want to encourage all of you to highlight it, to underline it, to circle it in your Bibles. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So today we're going to be talking about being bold in witness, being bold in sharing our faith uh, with others and, and about Jesus with others. And, and one of the, the greatest examples that I could think about was this man, Peter. See, Peter, whenever we first hear about him, he's just an ordinary man. He's a fisherman. So he's just a blue collar worker, just like so many of us are or have been. Um, and uh, and he's, he, what he's been doing is he worked a graveyard shift. And then Jesus shows up. He'd been fishing all night. Didn't catch anything. You guys ever do that? Didn't catch a thing. And then Jesus shows up because Jesus has been teaching. And Jesus realizes, well, now there's too big of a crowd. They can't just get around me. What I need to do is I need to get up on a boat and get across the water. And then my voice will actually echo across the water. So he goes up to Peter after, again, after he'd been working all sinking night very unsuccessful, didn't make a dime. And then Jesus comes up to him and says, hey, can I borrow your boat? And I don't just want to borrow your boat, but I want to borrow you as well. And I, I don't know this, but I would imagine Peter wasn't too excited about that. Would you be very excited if you had just got, working at, uh, uh, got done working graveyard shift? You worked all the way through the night, and now it's time to go home, and then here comes somebody that you don't really even know, and they ask you a favor. How many of you would be very excited about that? So I couldn't imagine Peter being very excited about being asked his favor, but he says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this for you. So Peter gets everything ready on the boat. He pushes it out across the waters, and Jesus gives his message to however many people were there. And then Jesus afterwards turns to Peter, and he says, Where, where's the fish? How successful were you last night? Peter says, it was a terrible night. So Jesus says, well, go ahead and throw your nets on the other side. And Peter says, man, we have worked and we have fished all night. There's, there's no fish in this sea, man. They're gone. I don't know where they went. I don't know if we overfished, but they're not here. But then he goes on to say, but if, if you tell me to, then I will. So Peter goes ahead and throws out the nets, and, and, and then the Bible tells us that whenever he starts to pull them in, pull the nets back in, and they're overflowing with fish so much that he has to call other people, uh, other boats to come help him because if they try to pull up all of the fish themselves, it's going to just like capsize the boat. Is that not a good day of fishing right there? You catch so many fish that you think they're not going to fit in the boat. I've never had a fishing day like that, never in my life. But that's the kind of day he has. And then Jesus looks at him and he says, Peter, if you'll follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. Not just a fisherman, but a fisher of men. And you know what Peter does? Peter leaves absolutely everything that he has, everything that he knows in that moment. And he goes and he follows Jesus. 
And then Peter becomes what I like to call a, a pit bull uh, for Jesus, man. He's so zealous. He's so uh, passionate. He's so on fire. Matter of fact, he's so passionate about Jesus and he loves Jesus so much that one day the, he helped Jesus and the disciples, they're all walking down and, uh, uh, and Jesus starts telling them about what's going to happen. Jesus starts telling them, hey, one of these days, somebody's going to betray me. And when they betray me, I'm going to be taken in by, by the Roman soldiers and then they're going to beat me and then I'm going to die on a cross. And you know what Peter says? Peter doesn't sit back thinking, man, this is crazy. This is where Peter says, no, 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 no. Over my dead body. There's no way I would ever let anybody harm you, Jesus. You stick around with me and we're good, bro. You don't have to worry about that. And Jesus responds with, get away from me, Satan. So, so Peter's so zealous, Peter's so, uh, so passionate, so in love with Jesus that he wants to protect him. And, and, and what he doesn't understand is that he's actually trying to keep Jesus from fulfilling the prophecy, fulfilling what he has to do. And then Peter doesn't just say it. He's not, he's not just like saying, hey, I'll protect you, but he actually does it the night that Judas comes and he betrays Jesus with a kiss. They've been praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and And here comes Judas, followed by Roman soldiers. And Judas had told them, hey, it's the one that I greet with a kiss. He's the one that you're after. So he walks right up to Jesus, and he gives him a kiss. Jesus looks at him, and he says, with a kiss, you betray me. And then the Roman soldiers come, and they surround Jesus, and they start trying to grab Jesus, and they're going to try to take him off. And you know what Peter does? Peter doesn't just sit back. Peter remembers. Peter's so on fire. Peter loves Jesus so much. He doesn't just sit back and let it all happen. What Peter does is he draws his sword. The only person in that group that had a sword was Peter. They had one sword. And Peter draws it, and he cuts a guy's ear off. Now, he wasn't, listen to me, he wasn't Mike Tyson. You know, he he didn't try to go for the ear. He He wanted to cut his head off, but he cuts his ear off. He misses, and he cuts his ear off. And then I can only imagine the confusion, very much so much like whenever Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Whenever Jesus rebukes Peter, he doesn't say, oh, yeah, you really love me. But he actually says, Peter, chill out. And then he actually grabs, picks up the ear from, from the ground, and he puts it back on the soldier and heals him. Could you imagine the confusion that Peter has in this moment. Here he is trying to protect him. And Jesus, instead of saying, yeah, I'll get behind you. Let's run away. Jesus actually just, the Bible tells him, he tells us he actually goes like a lamb to the slaughter without making a sound, without making any noise. And I can only, I can only imagine again the confusion, the chaos, the turmoil going on in Peter's mind and Peter's hearts. And, and what's going on over the next couple of days is they see Jesus beaten as they see him ridiculed, as they see him put up uh, for trial and everybody speaking bad about him, everybody spitting on him, everybody beating him, everybody ripping his beard out and as a crown of thorns just thrust down onto his head. I can only imagine the confusion and the chaos, the turmoil that Peter feels throughout all of this. And in one time and then and then when Jesus is carrying up his cross on the hill here comes this young lady and he says Peter or he doesn't excuse me she doesn't say Peter she says hey you look like one of the guys that were with him and this is where Peter loses it all Peter had always been so passionate so so ready so quickly so quick to defend Jesus But now Peter isn't so quick to defend and Peter isn't saying, yep, I'm one of them. I'm with him. Yes, I walked with him. But now Peter's saying, no, 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 no. You've got me confused. It wasn't me. It was was somebody else that might look a little bit like me, but it wasn't me. 
So a young lady goes off, whatever, and then somebody else comes and says, hey, you sure look a lot like one of his disciples. You sure look a lot like one of the guys that was with him. And again, Peter says, no, 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 no. You're, you're mistaking. I, I get that a lot, but no, it's not. It wasn't me. It was, I don't know who you're talking about, but it wasn't me. And then a third time, somebody comes up and says, surely you are one of them because you even, you even speak like him. You look like, you act like him. You, you walk and you talk just like him. Surely you've been one of them. And then the Bible tells us that Peter actually goes on and he curses. And he cusses this lady out or this person out for daring to accuse him for having been with Jesus. And and, then can you imagine, can you imagine at that moment, right in the middle of the four, uh, four lettered word, Jesus turns and looks at Peter. Can you imagine how, what would, what would our hearts feel like in that moment? And mind you, Jesus warned him. Jesus actually said, hey, I'm praying for you, Peter, that you won't fall because you're going to deny me three times. Peter says, no way, not me. Anybody else, sure, but not me. And then he's denying, he's cussing, and here's Jesus looks right at him. The Bible tells us that Peter runs away in shame just like I would have. I'm sure so many of us would have just ran away in shame, weeping, weeping. And then Jesus goes on and he's crucified. And we know the story. Jesus comes back to life, right? Jesus defeats the grave. Jesus defeats death. And he comes back back to life. And then some ladies, Mary and Martha, and and some ladies are the first ones to find the empty tomb. And then Jesus presents himself to them. And he says, hey, go tell the disciples that I'm alive. And then I love what Jesus says. He says, and also tell Peter. And also tell Peter, because I can imagine Peter, again, in this moment, so much shame, so much guilt, so much conviction that he feels like there's no way he can, he can still be a disciple. There's no way he can still be a follower of Jesus. But Jesus says, hey, go tell the disciples and Peter. So then later on, the disciples, they're, they're, in a, they're in a room because they're scared to death. They don't know what's going on. Jesus had just been crucified, but now they're hearing that he might be back alive. But, but, the, uh, but the Roman soldiers and the Sanhedrin and, and the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they, they want to kill him. They wanna, they, and so they're locked up in this room. And all of a sudden, while they're locked up in this room, Jesus just appears just like that, like just comes right through the wall. And it's right then and it's in that moment that they understand, man, this is real. Everything that this man spoke of, year, or, or the three years that we were with him, everything that he said that he would do, man, he has done it. This is real. And then it's then that, that Peter is kind of filled with this boldness again because now he believes. Now all of this confusion that he did have at one point, it's gone. It's out of the window. And so Peter and John, they go and they give the very first sermon after death. After a death, after a resurrection of Jesus, they go and they deliver the very first sermon. And catch this, over 3,000 people get saved that day. Over 3,000 people accept Jesus on that day. One sermon, one message, and he's got a mega church just like that. Well, the Roman soldiers... Again, the the Pharisees, the priests, all of the religious people, they don't like this. They don't like Jesus. They don't like this Jesus being preached and this Jesus being taught. So they grab Peter and they grab John. And they say, if you keep talking about Jesus, we're going to hurt you. We will kill you. If we ever hear of you ever speaking the name of Jesus again on our streets, in our town, we will hurt you. And remember last time 
Peter was confronted, how he cowered away, how he denied. This time the Bible tells us that Peter doesn't, he doesn't get scared. He's not afraid. He doesn't run away. But he actually says, you judge this day. Who should we follow? Should we listen to you or should we listen to God? And now all of a sudden, this man that was full of shame and guilt and conviction and, and, and just a, a coward, for lack of a better term, is now all of a sudden bold. And that's a journey that I want to take on this morning. I want all of us to go from maybe fearful, from being afraid to speak about Jesus, from, from not knowing what to say, not knowing how to respond, not knowing what to do, to being bold about our faith. So let's pray, then we'll get into the notes. God, we thank you so much this morning. We thank you for your presence and for your grace. We're thankful, God, for, for who you are. We ask you, God, that you'd help us to understand your word, help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, amen. So if you're in Romans, just go to the left just a little bit and go to Acts chapter 4. That's where we'll be parked for the most part of today. Acts chapter 4. If you're in Romans, it's going to be the very next book to your left. Romans chapter 4. So what bold means, your very first uh, uh, fill in the blank, what bold means is it means to be showing an ability to take risks. Confident, courageous. Bold is to be, is the ability to take risks, to be confident, to be courageous. Now I, w- I, want to, I want to explain this. Being bold isn't not caring how others feel. So being bold doesn't mean I'm in your face about this. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's not this uh, fire and brimstone preaching of you're going to hell and everybody's going with you. You know, that's that's not being bold. That's being a jerk. Okay, so so whenever I speak of us being bold for Jesus, I'm not telling you to be a jerk and go around telling everybody how terrible they are and how they're going to hell and they're taking everybody to hell with them and, and they're a bunch of idiots and morons because of the way that they live. That's being a jerk. Don't be a jerk, but be bold. So it's not, it's not, it's not um, casting aside and it's not not caring what other people think or how they feel, but it's going against how I feel. So that's what it is. So whenever Peter is confronted again by the, by the religious people and they're saying, hey, if you keep talking about Jesus, we're going to hurt you. We're going to kill you. You will die. Peter, what he's, he's not saying, I don't care what you say. I don't care how you feel about this. What he's saying is, I don't care how I feel about this. I don't care how this makes me look. I don't care how this maybe hurts me. I don't care how this puts me in a, in a hard situation. I don't care how this might make my life a little bit more difficult. That's what being bold is. Again, it's not being a jerk. It's not going out there and just being mean to everybody and telling everybody how terrible they are. It's saying, Peter, it's just like Peter saying, hey, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to speak about Jesus and I don't care what the consequences are. I'm going to talk to you about Jesus, and I'm going to share Jesus with you. This is, this is what Peter's saying, and I'm going to do it until my death. If you're going to kill me, kill me, but I'm, you're going to kill me because I'm speaking about Jesus. If I'm going to die, it's going to be because I'm putting Jesus first. And now we're in the great nation of the United States of America, and, and, and none of us, more than likely, will ever face anything like that, that, that 
difficult, that tough, but, but maybe some of us do feel, feel um, um, the fear of rejection. Maybe some of us, we, we don't speak about Jesus because of our own emotion or because we're afraid of being judged. You ever, you ever feel maybe that? Maybe like if I'm talking, I can't be talking about Jesus because my life isn't perfect yet. My life isn't put together yet. And, and if I start talking about Jesus and they're going to say, well, what about you guys with me? All of you guys are perfect then. All of y'all looking at me like we need a new preacher. Listen to me. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. We speak boldly. About what we believe deeply. So what do you believe in deeply? What do you speak boldly about, man? Some of you, some of us, we speak very boldly about uh, football teams or basketball teams. Or, or maybe some of us, we speak very boldly about a product. You know, you, 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 see, that, you see that everywhere nowadays, man. Everybody's selling something. And, and I'm not knocking you if, if, if you sell something. I, that's good if you can make more income for your family. But, but how boldly people speak about what they believe in and the, a product that they're trying to sell. And maybe a product that has worked for them or they've seen work for their family. So they speak boldly and courageous about it. But my question is, is how often do we speak boldly about Jesus? How deeply do we believe in Jesus? And how deeply do we believe that Jesus can change our lives? Because we will speak boldly about what we believe in deeply. And I want you guys to really capture that. And I want you guys to really ask yourselves, you know, where, where do you stand? How, how bold would your friends or your family say that you are spiritually? How spiritually bold would you say that your friends are? Now, don't answer me, but from a scale from 1 to 10, just think about it just a little bit. How bold are you? How, how, how often do you tell others about Jesus? How often do you tell people the hope that we have in Jesus? There's a scripture in, in um, uh, first or second Corinthians, but he says, it says, we speak boldly of this hope that we have. How, how boldly do you speak about this hope that you have and how Jesus has changed your life? Listen to me. You are all here this morning because Jesus has done something for you. Would you guys agree with that? Nobody gets up on a Sunday morning when we could sleep in, especially on a cold morning like today, and decides to go to church just because I want to go to church today. No, we do it because Jesus has done something. Because we know this church thing, it kind of works. And Jesus shows up and Jesus moves and Jesus speaks to me. And and during worship, God moves in me. so, So that's why we get up and we come here. So on a scale from 1 to 10, how, how bold, how spiritually bold would your fr- family say that you are, your friends say that you are, your coworkers say that you are? When was the last time that you just took a stand and you, and you actually just spoke about Jesus? Again, I'm not saying be a jerk. I'm not, I'm not telling you to be a pit bull like, like Peter and start cutting people's ears off. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that. It, it always kind of uh, makes me laugh a little bit when somebody feels like they have to defend Jesus, like, what do you mean you have to defend Jesus? Jesus doesn't need to be defended. He's not baby Jesus. Y'all, y'all realize that, right? He's not baby Jesus. I know Christmas was just a few weeks ago, but he's a grown man, and he's not just a grown man. He's a God. I mean, we, he is the God. We don't have to defend Jesus, so we don't have to be pit bulls. We don't have to be mean to people. We don't have to tell others that they're going to hell because of what they posted about Jesus. And, well, you know, that's, let's not be jerks, but let's be bold. Let's share this hope that we have. Let's share what Jesus is doing in our lives. 
I think there's one thing that keeps us from being bold. I think there's just this one thing that if we can overcome, we'll become more bold, and that is fear. I think it's fear that keeps us from being bold spiritually. I think it's fear that keeps us from sharing the gospel. The good news is what the gospel means, is the good news of Jesus Christ. I think it's fear that keeps us from sharing our faith with our friends and with our family and with our coworkers. And maybe fear, your fear looks a little bit different from mine, but so maybe, maybe for some of you, um, I, I haven't struggled with this for a long time, but maybe for some of you, your fear is, I just don't know what to say. And I'm afraid I'll say something wrong. You guys ever feared that? I, I just don't know enough about the Bible, so I'll just... Shh. That ever been your thoughts? Or maybe, maybe for some of you, it's, it is the fear of rejection. And you're afraid that if you speak boldly about Jesus, and if you share this hope, and you share this faith that you have, that you might get kicked out of your little clique and your little inner circle. You think that you might not fit in near as much as well. And you, and you feel like maybe your family, they're, they're not going to talk to you as much because now they're going to mark you as this crazy Christian. By the way, just a little side note, Brad Paisley has a great song called, it just came to my head, um, called crazy, Those Crazy Christians. Man, it's a good song. It's better than what it sounds, I promise you. It's a good song. But anyways, anyways, I'm not here to promote Brad Paisley. My bad. Um, but anyway, so, so maybe it's fear of being rejection or being rejected. Maybe it's, maybe it's fear of saying the wrong thing. Maybe, maybe it's just, maybe it's fear of, of being misunderstood or maybe it's fear of being offensive and, and offending someone. But what is your fear? I you know, your fear is going to look differently than what my fear is. And maybe we have a different fear with different people. Maybe with some people, we don't care if we get rejected. Better for us. Now, we love everybody. We love everybody. Don't get me wrong. But what is, it, what is your fear? What, what is it that you're afraid of? I believe it's just this one thing that keeps so many of us from being uh, bold in witness, being bold with our faith. I want you guys to go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Keep something in, in Acts chapter 4 because we'll be coming back to it. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you are afraid of sharing the gospel, if you are afraid of being bold about your faith and, and bold in, in sharing Jesus with others, I want you to know that that fear does not come from Jesus. I want you to know that if you're afraid of sharing the love of Jesus with someone, if you're afraid of sharing uh, the hope of Jesus that we have with someone, I want you to know that that is not from Jesus. And if it's not from Jesus, if fear does not come from Jesus, then would it be safe to say that it comes from hell? Would it be safe to say that? So... So whatever fear that we have, I want to encourage you guys to overcome it. And I know, I know it's so easy for me to stand up here and say that. 
but it's so difficult to battle with inside of your heart and inside of your mind. But I'm telling you, if you could grab a hold of this scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, if you could grab a hold of it and understand that all spirit of fear does not come from Jesus, but Jesus has made me bold. He's made me strong. He's made me courageous. He's given me a sound mind. Man, some of us, what we're most fearful about is saying the wrong thing. But let me tell you, Jesus has given you a sound mind and if you will just uh, connect with Jesus I'm telling you he'll make you sound smarter than what you are Amen. he'll do that for you he does it for me so many times listen to me if y'all think I'm dumb just get me away from Jesus and you'll really see dumb some of y'all were afraid to laugh I appreciate that I appreciate y'all taking care of my feelings there but why is my wife laughing so much? That kind of hurts. So if we can overcome fear, if we can understand that, that, that fear doesn't come from Jesus, and if we can understand that God has given us a, 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 a spirit of dominion and, a, and a, of a sound mind, if we can understand that, then we can start be, to become bold. And I want to give you two ways that we grow our boldness. Number one, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with who? With Jesus. These guys were uneducated. They were untrained, but they were speaking beyond their level. The way they were speaking and the words that they were saying, it was beyond their education because they had been with Jesus. If you want to grow in your boldness, you've got to spend more time with Jesus. I love that, man. I hope, I hope that throughout my lifetime, people just look at me. People listen to my words and people uh, uh, listen to maybe my messages or, or just the way that I live my life. And people would say, that man, he is the way that he is. Not because EJ's so great. Not because EJ's so intelligent. Not because he's so educated. But that they would look at me and look at the life that I live and the way that I lead my family. And they would look at me and they say, there's no doubt this man has been time with Jesus if you want to be more bold if you want to speak more boldly about Jesus and about the hope that we have in Jesus then we have got to start spending more time with Jesus because listen to this God uses ordinary people who spend time with him there was absolutely nothing special about Peter Peter was just a fisherman and he probably cussed like a seller too and he had a bad attitude, you know, we, kind of, we can kind of get that by the way he wants to fight everybody every single time that they say something bad about Jesus. And, and, and you know what, and, and Peter was one of those guys that just talked too much. He just talked too much, you know. Well, anyways, he just, he just talked too much. He's just an ordinary man. But because of the time that he spent with Jesus, because of the days that he walked with him, because of him listening to his voice and spending the days and the nights with Jesus, because of that, he was able to speak boldly about Jesus. Because of that, he was able to speak beyond his education and and just exceed levels and exceed expectations. If you really listen to me, I want you to understand this. Is there's probably 
a very slim chance. Listen to me. There's probably a very slim chance that I personally can reach all of y'all's families. Now, I want to, and I want, I want TRC to. And I want TRC to, to reach your families. And I want salvation to reach your homes and, and, your, and your husbands and your wives and your cousins and your aunts and, and, and your brothers and your sisters. I want salvation to reach them. But, but the reality is, God's probably going to have to use you more than he uses me to do that. You guys follow me? He's probably going to have to use you a little bit more than what he uses me to accomplish that. So we've got to become more bold. And if we're going to become more bold, then we have got to spend more time with Jesus because Jesus uses ordinary people. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be super smart. You don't have to be super good looking. Just look at me. And Jesus can use you. Jesus uses ordinary people. I think sometimes we look at what God is doing through somebody else and we think that somehow they, were, they just lived a different life. And we think that, they're, you know, that all they do is pray all day, every day. You know, it was, it was a couple years ago that I, I got to spend some time. I made a trip with a, with, a, with, a, with a man that is just, I mean, you talk about, I mean, he has flown, uh, what, what do you tell me, four million miles. That's a lot. Four million miles traveling around the world, sharing the gospel. And, and this is a man that, man, so many people place on, and, and, and rightfully so. He's such a good man, you know, place on such a high pedestal. And, uh, <clears throat> and I got to take a trip with him a couple years ago, and we, and we shared a room. I, I did not think that we would have shared a room, but we shared a room. And I was so f- afraid, you know, the whole time that I'm with him because I'm thinking, man, I got to be up at like 5 o'clock in the morning and praying with him. And there, I can't say anything. I can't, man. But you know what? This dude, was, he's, he's ordinary. I realized that, that, that on that trip. Those nine days that we spent together, I realized he's just an ordinary man. And he goes to the restroom just like all of us. And he wakes up late sometimes. And he, man, he's just an ordinary man. But he spent time with Jesus. And Jesus has used him. You guys with me? I'm not trying to be vulgar. I just want us to understand because sometimes I think we, we place people up on a pedestal and think that Jesus can only use them. Jesus uses you. Jesus can use you. You guys with me? You guys believe that? This means yes. This means no. Do you guys believe that? Everybody shake your head yes. Even if you don't, just shake your head yes. You'll make me feel better. So God uses ordinary people to spend that, who spend time with him. And when we spend more time with him, listen to this, when we spend more time with Jesus, we will see more opportunities to be bold. When we spend more time with Jesus, we will see, we will find more opportunities to be bold. You know why? Because we'll be looking for it. Because we'll be ready for it. You know, so many times whenever we're not spending time with Jesus and let's say we're spending too much time uh, thinking about the football game and who's going to win and who's going to lose and why they're going to win and why they're going to lose. And, and we're spending a whole lot of time thinking about the hunting and the fishing and the, and the movies and the episodes and the emails and the calls and the texts and the social media. And when we get so wrapped up in all of that, then that's all we see. And whenever we do have an opportunity in front of us to share Jesus with somebody, we don't even see it as an opportunity, but we see it more like a threat. Or we, we, it's just awkward. You guys with me? 
Because we're so, because our mind are so, is so consumed with other things. But whenever we spend more time with Jesus, these moments, they're not awkward anymore. Now we're jumping and we're ready and we look at it as an opportunity to share our faith with somebody. When we spend more time with Jesus, we will become more bold by default. And number two, the second way that we become more bold is we ask God to make us bold. Acts chapter four, verse 29. I love this. Acts chapter four, verse 29. Now, now Lord, look on their threats. So this is after they're threatening uh, Peter and John. And they say, Lord, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants, listen to this, that with all boldness they may speak your word. Now, Lord, so here's Peter and John, and, he's, and they're praying, and they're saying, Jesus, you see the threats. You see the way that they're threatening me. And you know what? He's, I love the fact that, it, that he doesn't say, Jesus, protect me. How many of us would be saying that prayer? Jesus, protect me. You know that they want to hurt me, so Jesus, protect me. Or, or you know that they want to hurt me, so Jesus, send lightning down in the name of Jesus and just kill them. How many of us would have been saying that kind of prayer? Or Jesus, you, you know that they want to hurt me. You know that they're threatening me. So Jesus, why don't you change their heart? Why don't you change their mind? No, Peter and John, they, they don't say that kind of prayer. They're not saying, protect me, help me, guide me. They're saying, Lord, help us to be more bold. I understand that they want to threaten us. I understand that they don't like us. I understand that they want to hurt us. But we're not asking you to protect us. We're just asking you, give us the courage to be more bold, man, and some of us, we got to stop praying. We got to just stop praying or, or only praying for other people. And we got to start praying that God would make us bold. Amen. Some of us, we're praying for our family. We're praying for our friends. But we're not doing anything other than just praying. And Jesus is saying, if you would just say something to them, I would use you to help them. And I would use you to see me through you. But instead, we just say, Jesus, why don't you send somebody? Jesus, why don't, you, why don't you just change their hearts? Why don't you just, why don't you send somebody? Why don't you, why, and, and so we start, we start blasting the podcast loud or we blast the worship music thinking that that's going to change their lives. And, and, and Jesus can definitely, God can use whatever he wants to to change somebody. But more often than not, Jesus wants to use you because Jesus uses ordinary people. And so we got to stop praying, God, protect me. we got to stop praying, God, help me, or, or, or God, change them, and God, change their hearts, change their minds, change their lives. And we got to start saying, God, use me. Make me more bold. Give me some courage. Give me some strength to be able to speak with them. Give me some, give me some words, God, so that I can speak to them. Because if we ask him, God will make us bold and give us the right words to say. So we don't ask for protection. We don't ask that God would change them. We ask God, use me. Listen to me. Some of you, you're praying for your spouse. And I'm happy that you are. But listen to me. God can use you to reach them. Some of you, you're praying for your children. And I'm so thankful that you are. But I'm telling you, God can use you to reach them. Some of you, you're praying for your parents. And God wants to use you. We don't say, God, send somebody else. We say, God, here I am. Make me bold and help me share my faith. You guys with me? Amen. And why does your boldness matter? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But as it is written, 
eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The reason your boldness and my boldness matter so much is because eternity is at stake. You see, I I want us all to understand this. We've all got to understand this, man. Heaven is for real. It is legit. It is real. And we're all hoping to make it to heaven one day. Heaven is very real. But listen to me. I could not speak to you the full gospel if I don't let you know that because heaven is real, that makes hell very real. And this isn't Disney. Not all dogs make it to heaven. I think that was Disney, I don't know. You guys with me? We're going to spend eternity somewhere. One day, when this life is over, we will spend eternity somewhere. Every single one of us. There's, there's not one of us that will escape this. Every single one of us will spend eternity somewhere. And I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we all do a good job and, and we all follow Jesus well enough. And I'm hoping that we accept Jesus' grace and we make it into heaven. But listen to me. Somebody else's eternity may be at stake waiting on your boldness. The way you're bold Your boldness or your apathy, your lack of concern, could very well affect somebody else's eternity. You got to understand that. You got to understand. So let's live a life. Listen to me. Let's live a life that would point others and lead others to Jesus. Now, I just want to put a side note. Can we do that? Can we do a side note right here? Now, I hope, I hope that all of you guys outlive me. But the reality is, some of you won't. Some of you are much older than I. And some of you just drive too fast. So some of you, some of you I'll outlive and some of you I won't. But listen to me. Listen to me, guys. This is a side note. As your pastor, don't make me lie at your funeral. You guys with me? Don't make me lie. Like, be legit about this. Be legit about following Jesus. Be legit about loving God. Be legit about sharing your faith with others, about being bold in your witness and in your sharing of the hope that we have in Jesus. I want you to understand this. Again, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Hear this. Jesus wants to use you to reach your family. Keep praying, yes, keep praying. We need, we should all be praying for someone. Keep praying, but listen to me. Be willing to be used by Jesus because Jesus uses ordinary people just like you and I to do extraordinary things. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this has impacted you and you would like to help us to continue to reach others, please text GIVE to the number in the description. For more information about us and our ministry, go to theremodeledchurch.com.